1: and today we're revisiting an episode that we did in a series back in November that we call the Off the Sideline series with the fabulous Bridget Gaynor, or I should say Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, who's just a rock star in Chicago local politics and maybe even our next mayor. But you didn't hear that from me. This show was so fun to do, and it sparked a huge conversation and probably some controversy, too, based on a moment in the show that we now refer to as the Muffin Incident. So take a listen back with us and let us know what you think. Rachel, today we're exploring the question, what does it mean to be a powerful woman today? Right. There really are three parts of that question. There's
2: powerful. What does that mean? There's woman, which is we're talking specifically about women and power. And they need to understand it. You need to understand it as a woman. And in fact, as a man, you need to understand it in relation to women because we're saying that women are the ones most naturally able to
1: seize this new way of being powerful that we're going to tell you about. And if you think that you're listening to a new version of the big payoff feminist style, um, let we're going to tell you the truth about something that happened to us recently, um, which is that we moved to a new platform for this show called… Is that a way of
2: saying we got a gender change?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess so. We we got a gender change. Um, we've moved to a new platform to distribute our show called Acast. And for the first time, I think we said out loud that this really is a show. It's not a show about women, by women, for women, but we are definitely giving you a woman's perspective on life, on work, because... We're women. We are. But what's interesting about it, Suzanne, is that my
2: whole life, if someone said, you know, would you join this women's panel? How is this a woman's show? I would have immediately said, oh, no, no, no.
1: Well, we were doing that with this show forever. People would say, well, isn't this a show that more women are listening to? We go, oh, no. No, because oh, no. that sounds powerless. Yes. So we are recently reclaiming our power. As women on a podcast that talks often and regularly about business topics. But importantly, we came across another powerful woman, Bridget Gaynor. And Bridget, who is an incredibly interesting woman. I wouldn't even call my headline about Bridget isn't even so much about her power, but she's just so interesting. Her background, what she's doing. So she's the commissioner of the tenth district, for the uh, county's 10th district in Chicago, and she's been serving in that position since 2009. She works at Aon, and she and Kirsten Gillibrand are doing this movement called Off the Sidelines. Kirsten Gillibrand, who is... A New York senator, right? But they're doing this movement together. It was really Kirsten. She had a book. She wrote it called Off the Sidelines, and it's really a call to action for women and for girls. To just get more engaged in civic life and the professional world and to have more of a say and more of a role. So we heard about this and we said to Bridget, we should do a series. A whole series on women and power. And this is not about leaning in.
2: This is not about getting something you don't have. This is really about claiming something. We all feel the same way. Bridget, Suzanne, and I, and a lot of you out there have this hunch that we are on the crest of a new conversation involving women and power. And we want to dig into it.
1: So this is the first in that series. It's going to be a four-part series. And while we have so much to talk about, we figured we'd talk with Bridget. Let's get her on the show. And she can be our guest. She will be our guest. And let's ask her about how women claim their power. And here's what I love and what you're going to hear. Bridget has some unbelievable insights. And she's been mentored a lot. And people have given her great advice as well. About the kinds of things you can do and should do when you're in a meeting, when you're at a lunch, that either give you power or take away your power. What
2: are the ways every yeah. day in which you are abandoning your power? You're giving it away. Yeah. She's, she. When she
1: listed it for us, I was like, check, check. I do that. I do that. I do that. <laughs> so let's really get into this with you, which is let's talk about why today why are the conditions today creating the perfect storm for women and also what are you doing every single day that either look every move you make in your home in the office you're doing you're telling people something which is i feel powerful or i'm giving up my power and let's be clear you need power
2: to get things done in the world you it's not about protecting yourself it's not power for any purpose of, of aggression, it's power to influence, power to get done in the world what you want to get done.
1: Well, that's our definition. I'm really, really interested in hearing what Bridget has to say about what does power really mean? What does it mean to her? Right. Are we defining it in a way that's different? I mean, we're living in a world of entrepreneurship all around us, especially in places like Chicago where it's kind of the new hot thing, where power is being defined by 10x returns and growth and size. And liquidity events and... Yeah. And there's a completely different way to look at power, and we want to explore that today. And I also want to get to some of the real questions I have about the things that I do all day long. I want to ask Bridget. So, for example, I'm dying to ask Bridget, under what circumstances do I pay the check? Right, especially with, and
2: especially with a man, and how, right, how many times, men and women, but but I I, I think also especially with a man, like at what point do you do that? Um, Don't you want to ask her whether that's a powerful lipstick shade you're wearing?
1: (laughs) I do, I definitely do. Hmm. Um, So, This is what we have to say. And one of the things that I love about Bridget is she's one of these women that sort of I think we relate to, which is she could just as easily be, you know, quote, one of the guys. I mean, Bridget is just she's a woman with the kind of edge to her that doesn't in any way to me read feminine, which I think nobody would call us feminine, especially when we walked in in our biker jackets today. Rachel and I dressed exactly like today to the point where it was uncomfortable for others. For me, oh, you, I'm wearing a black dress and my biker jacket. And I, Rachel, pick Rachel up this morning, and she is in a, a black outfit and her biker jacket. So awkward. So let's talk about what you do and how you are in the world and how you behave and whether or not that is something that helps you claim your power. We'll be back talking to Bridget Gaynor, exploring the first in our off the sidelines series on women in power. When we return from this short break. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. We are here today with Bridget Gainer, one of my new friends. Are we, We're we friends now, right? We're friends, and it's and, kind of exciting. And as the transitive
2: property, am I a friend, too? I'm Suzanne's friend. You're like friend. an in-law. Yes. Like, you're like our sister-in-law.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Bridget and I met and through friends, mm-hmm. and I'd known of you because you are becoming increasingly more public in the city of Chicago. And powerful. And powerful. And... You told me about Off the Sidelines. So let's hear it in your own words, because I, I don't know that I did it
3: justice. Well, thanks. And thanks so much for being here. This is really fun. So Off the Sidelines, like a lot of things, came through a natural evolution. So over the last couple of years, and you guys are probably in a similar situation, I've had all these conversations with women, some my age who are you know working, raising kids, others who are in their 20s. Uh, saying, you know, there's so much I'd want to do. I want to get involved. I don't know what to do. And it became this conversation where I wanted to say, stop having that be just one more thing on your list that you're failing at. So again, I'm, you know, I'm doing that. This is once again, another thing that I'm doing half ass, Mm -hmm. like my kind of social, what makes me interesting? What makes me, you know, what am I really connecting to? And so I started to think, well, what's that thing that's getting in the way? And part of it is, your time is your most valuable asset and you you hoard it. You kind of think, well, I have work that yes. demands my time. And then I have family or other personal obligations that fill all that space that's in between the time I'm not actually working. So, you know, do I, do I deserve to do these other things? How do I differentiate? How do I kind of stop, you know, how do I kind of make an option value? How do I actually commit to something versus just having the idea that I could do a lot of things at one time? So I thought, you know, we need to break down that barrier, which is what's actually worth spending my time on? And then how do I not waste any time in getting there? And so we started, you know, I had gotten to know Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, U.S. Senator, amazing woman. She's been in the Senate now for about five years. And, and who swears like a <laughs> motherfucker, by the but
2: way. I, but and by the way, Or who swears like we do. Yeah, so exactly. That. There is that. And actually, we want to talk about that in relation to power, because yeah. I don't think it's an accident. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. But anyway, I, no. I've heard
1: that her fate... Wait, it, she just did an interview on Lenny Letter and said her favorite swear term
3: was "fuck me." Oh yeah, "fuck me." Mm-hmm. Right. It was there was two of them. What do you say like when you're "fuck yeah. off"? Yeah. yeah. Right. Fuck off. And then fuck, then fuck off. And right. Fuck me. So. Um, So, we, we, you know, she and I had gotten to know each other. She launched off the sidelines. And what I liked about it, the simplicity. Keep it simple. Get off the sidelines. Pick something. Don't let somebody else be the one who runs for office, starts the business, and do whatever else. And and we thought that there was a space around social engagement, social activity, and it's not just – It's it's feeding yourself, but it's also continuing to put yourself out there in the world that's interesting and different than just I am a worker, I am a mother. So, are these events? Are they what? What is the structure of off the sidelines? So the structure, you know, also evolved. We had a kickoff event. Kirsten came to town. We invited, you know, our women's list of five hundred people, and three hundred showed up at eight o'clock in the morning, and you know, on a Friday and it was none of the usual suspects which i thought was fascinating i loved that part of it and since then we have a really simple structure we pick one issue we've you know this month's issue is lgbt youth and homelessness and the whole issue of how to in- integrate a trans population last month it was campus sexual assault and we we put out a you know we send one email a month here's the issue here, here what what people here's what people are saying about it here are interesting people to follow that you might not have found on your own. Here's some tweets. You want to push click and that's all you, you know, that's yeah. about as much investment as you want, but you want to engage a little bit. But then the interesting part comes to here are three organizations in Chicago that are really that doing this with. thing. Mm-hmm. And right now, click on this link, call this number. This is the person to to engage with. So you actually start to make that real. And then at the end... We have a lunch, and we get together, and last month there were 20 women, and most of whom did not know each other, and we had this entirely rich conversation about campus sexual assault. Boy, and part t- of talk it... about redefining ladies who lunch. Yeah, <laughs> well, <very laughs> right. so. Right, right. So there was the Title IX coordinator from DePaul, and there was women who were there as their perspective of mothers. There was someone there who was you know, running the screening of a movie that they had been the producer of called The Hunting Ground. Oh, I saw that. That was pretty
2: powerful. It's, that was pretty yeah. – in fact, that actually really upset me. But I want to go back to something you said earlier because I think there's a window there into the why women are on the sidelines. You said that you were saying to women, stop you know, adding this to the list of stuff that you're not doing and complaining about. And I thought, you know, I think actually there's a sort of tribal ritual that women have among themselves of that's a way of bonding. Yep. Yeah, I'm not and it's not and it, I wish I could. That needs to be taken away from our entire habit of bonding with each other. We should be bonding over the things that we are doing, and I think we're afraid of doing that because it raises resentments and jealousy. And oh, I, I,
1: I, when I hear that, I use that. I, I'm just going to admit I will use that tick of bonding around the things that I'm not getting done mm-hmm. because I don't want women to look at me and say. Oh, she's Yoke. trying to show off about all the things she's doing. And, and isn't that threatening? Mm-hmm. So that, this right. is, let's just like put a box on this
2: and go. You talk about an obstacle to power. It is the fear of other women's
3: perception of yeah. you if you seize it. Well, I, I, exactly. I mean, the whole thing of downplaying. Oh, no. Yes. I'll, you know, I'll take the broken cookie. <laughs> I'll be the I'll, I, I don't want to don't no, no. Don't worry about me. It's Right. It's bananas. I mean, it's kind of how you get into this trap also with, with parenting. And, you know, men can talk about their parenting and everyone's like, that is amazing. You mm-hmm. actually went to the school. It is it's so, so great. Fantastic. You went to the kids. Don't conference? you love it when
2: men say, oh, I can't. I got a babysit tonight. Oh, really? You're taking on other people's kids?
1: (laughs) Like what
3: woman would say I'm babysitting? So our look, Office Eyelines really came from my desire to say when people say, oh, I'd love to do that. But I just don't. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the time. I, I can't. I don't know how to do it. Where do I even begin? And now we say here. And so the interesting thing is June 5th, we launched of this just this year. It's six months old in you know, a couple of weeks. And we went from 500 people on the mailing list to 2,700. And that's who sought us out, signed up, got engaged. And we send out this one email. And the fascinating thing you can track now for people who aren't aware of this, of what well, you can track on people's email, but you send this out and 66% of the people open it. Half of big three quarters huge. of those yeah. clicked on multiple things in the, in the newsletter. And the feedback that we have gotten has been... A, we hear back from organizations, women employed, Chicago Foundation for Women's, who said, OK, oh God, you know, I got three calls last month from, so you know, great. someone who was involved. And it is this, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of this desire to, it's like when people complain about being too busy. You always want to say, Okay, oh, yeah. wrap that up. Yeah. That's a good thing. Let's move on. So let's talk now, because we're going to do this series, mm-hmm.
1: four series with the Off the Sidelines framework, right? So the mission of this series is to have the conversations that are engaging and interesting and pull women in. So let's just and asking
2: get- the question of what's keeping you...
0: All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
1: Well, on the sidelines. Yes, so we're talking, so the theme is power, but I want to ask you, Bridget. What? So you're now a rising, powerful woman in what is probably a very male-dominated world. And when we were talking about this, you told us a couple of tips and things that people have told you along mm-hmm. the way of behaviors, really specific behaviors that either claim power or give away power that have changed. I, I used yeah.
3: one of them in a meeting yesterday. So so let's talk. Let's go back to those. So look, I have been very lucky to work for. You know, amazing men and women. But I will tell you, when I was a young woman, I just started at at, Ann. I was sitting in the room and they, you know, they laid out all the muffins and the coffee and all that. And and I went over, as you do, to unwrap things and, you know, just get this one older woman said, stop. I'm going to tell you this. Don't touch the food. Ever. <laughs> She's like, I don't care if you're starving. She's like, because inevitably, you're going to walk over there and you're help, you're tidying, you're, you know, you're doing, making it nice forever. You're not, you're not entertaining at your house because you're going to be standing there and some guy's going to say, grab me a muffin, would you? Oh, yeah. And then what are you supposed to say? I refuse to put a muffin on this plate for you. <laughs> no. But you know what? A, it would never occur to you to ask someone to serve you and B, then you're serving them. So you know what? Yeah. Don't touch the food.
2: Really, it wouldn't occur to me to say that to a man if they were no. doing it.
3: Right? Would you get me a muffin?
1: Yeah. No, right. I would never. And then what about cleaning up afterwards? I mean, if you you're oh, exactly so that right. everybody gets up from the table. It's been a breakfast meeting or whatever, and there's dishes and and
3: cups. Right. What do you, you just, do? Right. You have to force yourself to walk away because you're hard. Ne- well, you know. Wait. What you so want- I don't help clean up. No. And this is the thing. You know. Look, is it your home? You know, I don't even like to do it there, but you're kind of stuck because no one else is coming in after you. But the right. You have to say, what is making me powerful? And I will tell you that, um, you know, Katie Sabo is someone I work with in aide de camp, you know, best advisor at the county. And we have this conversation that says, you know, you're about to take an action. Does this make you powerful? Does this make you more powerful? Because so much about power is the perception of power. And even though some of these things sound silly or they sound small. They're not because everything is leads to one another. So, so uh, Suzanne and
2: I were talking about this last
3: night. What do
2: you do about you go to lunch and someone, and it doesn't have to be a man, but about picking up the check? What is under, your thought yeah, about under that? what
3: circumstances? Under what circumstances do
2: you let the other person pick up your check, especially if it's a man? I think is the issue.
3: So you know. I'm a big reacher for the check in the same yeah. way that like I'm a I'm a hugger. Yeah. Like if yeah. I see someone, I'm yeah. more, I, yeah. if there's a 50 percent, I'm more inclined to yeah. go in for the hug. And I'm way more inclined to, to reach for the check because part of that is about means and you have the ability to do it. But I'm also really comfortable in other people picking up the check for me. You know, politics is kind of funny. Sometimes you can't let people pick up the check for you. So yeah. sometimes it's a good excuse to say, actually, I'm going to get this one and then we'll be fine. But, so is
1: that so is the check picker upper? Is that a power move or are you giving up your power?
3: Well, you know, it depends. Is the person on the other end just cheap and saying, I don't care how this looks and I'm not, I'm not getting my hand in my pocket? I, I think it is a power move and because it represents, you know, look at the dynamic of who has usually picked up the check over time. Yes. And it also represents yes. that you have the means to pay. But you're not waiting for someone to take action as we move forward. I, I just want to. To say finally or ask you finally, what, when you say the
2: word power, you know, when you say – I'm sure many of our listeners are, are hearing, does this move make me more powerful or less powerful? And they, the bubble over their head is, do I want power? Why do I want power? It's such an aggressive word. Do I really want that? Is it, is, is, is it something that I'm lusting for? Tell, tell us why power is something important for all women to have.
3: I mean, my God, it, it's it's the thing that is most important when you think about your ability to not, you know, it's all about who gets to make the decision, whose perspective is the one that's being heard, whose law is being passed, who who is whose decision whose company is being invested in. And if you don't have power, I mean, when you look at how women have accrued power. Traditionally, It's a lot of it has been through human services, through education, through hospitals, through, through the helping professions. You can become powerful, but it's power because, you know, you want to be able to help more people. And that's great. You know, the other option is when you look at the way a business is run, and there's all the stats about women on boards and leading to just not just more ethical behavior but oh, better yeah. returns. But, you know, you have a really interesting perspective that if you think of the average role of most women who've worked their way into corporate life especially over the last 20 years where you've seen things change maybe not as much as you'd like but you have a unique perspective as an observer as well as an actor because you know you were often in the minority and you're kind of observing this even more so for women of color i mean much more exacerbated so you have to be a much better observer of the power structure as it exists so you when you have the power hopefully You'll use it for good. You'll use it for good, but you'll also use it with all of that perspective in yeah. there. It's not like you're not going to make the mistakes of the past. Maybe you will. And maybe you'll exhibit some of that behavior that people think, "Well, oh, that's not really that nice. But you're going to actually, you're going to have a more nuanced perspective yeah. going into power. And
2: whose world
1: is it? That's, that's really also the point. Whose world is it?
3: So each week that we do an Off the
1: Sidelines show for you, we're going to take a different angle of entry on power. And hopefully by the end of this, you will get off the sidelines, you'll join the movement, and we do feel it will change your behavior, not just at the macro level, but stop I'm, cleaning. Stop cleaning up the stop table. Stop touching food. Unless you're eating it. Don't offer men muffins. I think that was the big takeaway <laughs> Is that a metaphor? today. <laughs> it might be a metaphor. And on
3: that note. <laughs> Bridget,
1: thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you very much. And we'll be back Thanks to the you, big Bridget. payoff in just a minute with Rachel and Suzanne. I depend on Welcome back to The Big Payoff. We're talking today about what it means to be a powerful woman today. This is the first in our Off the Sidelines series with Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, who you just heard. And we're getting to this very important question for everybody, which is how do you, in fact, gain power? And we are talking to women in part because you, you're you not having this conversation quite enough. Right. And I I, I want
2: to just come back for briefly to the question of what power is, the way we mean it. I mean, the way we talk about power, it's really about if you want to have agency in the world, if you want to have influence in the world, in your world as you define it. We're not saying power means you have to run for office, power means you have to get on a corporate board. But surely
1: in your world, you want to have power power if you want to fully be an adult. Yeah. They're connected. They are connected. And and here's a moment that I really remember for me. So I had spent the first part of my career um, working for powerful people, right? So I worked for Wendy Kopp at Teach for America. And then I worked for Jeff Jacobs, who was the president of Harpo Entertainment and Oprah's business partner. And and on those boards were powerful people. So I was always the person serving at the you know, at the pleasure pleasure of these powerful people. And I had it so ingrained in my head that that was my role, was to create agency for them. Okay. So, I, I mean, 15 years. 15 years. And finally, I get free of the last job that I had. And I'm given a sabbatical, a three-month paid sabbatical. Now, I've never not worked in mine since I was 16. I had no idea what to do with those three months. So I got a call from a guy I had met at the Kellogg Foundation named Greg Taylor, and he said, you know, while you're kind of thinking through what you want to do, why don't you drive to Battle Creek, Michigan, and meet with me and my boss, Gail McClurg, and let's just talk about what, what's next for you. And Rachel, that three-hour drive was the first time in 15 years that I had asked myself, what do I do? I want to do? What is mine to do? What is the next thing that I do where I'm in the driver's seat and not serving at the pleasure of powerful people? So when you got there, you said, how can I help you? And I got there, I grabbed <laughs> muffins for everybody <laughs> and started unwrapping the surround wrap and then paid for lunch. Um, but honestly, that drive was the moment of awakening for me. As you know, I that, what it's so funny
2: because I I didn't compare notes with you about what stories we could tell about our own experiences. I remember very clearly again the first fifteen years of my career, being the best daughter in the room, right. Powerful men, yeah. and it was like, how can I make you shine? How can I behave r- really, really brilliantly in this moment? So you've, you'll be proud. You've of me. given me so yeah. that you'll be proud of me, mm-hmm. and I was spinning off my own organization. And at the board meeting where I was making the case for my own organization, which is really interesting that both of us, our moment of power is that moment when we're making the case for ourselves and
1: stepping out from behind the curtain
2: and and saying, this is for me because I want to do this. It wasn't for you. Right. There was no for for you you involved. It wasn't. It was invest in this because, right? And I'm now going to leave. And you know what they called? They gave me the money. They Mm -hmm. gave me the money. But you know what they called it? I didn't think about it until this moment. This is your dowry. No, no. Yes, they did. <gasps> yes, they did. That's so awful. Yep. Wow. A couple million dollars. This is your dowry.
1: Oh my god. And I was grateful. <laughs> you were grateful. Thank so, this is the the thing that I want you to really take away, everyone who's listening to this. I want I want you to take away is power can be claimed. It's not given to you. Must be claimed. Must be claimed. So it's an inside out thing. We walk around so often thinking that different people in our lives or if we just sell that company or even become a mother, that some external thing is going to create power for you or is blocking you from power.
2: Like, you know, even Sheryl Sandberg had an op-ed some months ago saying, you know, notice how many times men interrupt women as if the focus is on see how they're keeping us from our power. No, no. You are, you know, that may be true, but the 90% of control you have over your life
1: is inside you. So what are you doing to give away power every day? Let me tell you the most powerful thing I've seen Bridget Gainer do since I met her. So we are at dinner and we're with these other women who connected us who are awesome, other powerful, interesting women and we're there, the three of us, Cornelia, Kathy, me, we're, we're at dinner, and, Cur- and Bridget's not there yet. She was texting Kathy, I'm running late, I'm at this event, which is fine. So we've all already eaten, so the table's been cleared, and we're, we each have a glass of wine, but the table's been cleared. Bridget walks in and says something to the waitress. We're in this very intense conversation. I don't know what she's saying to the waitress, but clearly it's to place an order. And a few minutes later, back to the table comes a glass of red wine and a hamburger. Mm. And I thought to myself,
3: "Wow,
1: <laughs> okay, wow. wow you you are pretty powerless
2: if a little burger can I, do that." No, for you. I'm
1: being completely
2: serious. I here. thought you were going to say no, that no. Went... I just want
1: to say why. Okay, that she was uh, that just. Whatever she wanted in that moment had nothing to do with the other people at the table, or the fact that the rest of us might have already eaten, or that maybe it was too late. Like all the things that I, w- the mental gymnastics yeah. I would have done in my head. Don't, don't, no, don't bother about me. I'm yeah, fine. don't bother about me. I'm I'll not... have
2: some kale chips if you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but uh, I thought
2: you were going to say that uh, the most powerful thing she uh, did—you went to the restroom with yes. her oh. and she peed standing up like a man. <laughs>
1: Okay, you just said that about one of our, our our commissioners. Possibly our future mayor. Possibly. And I may go on record
2: as saying I was the first one okay, who said stop our it. mayor peace like a I won't like let man. you
1: talk that way about Bridget Gaynor. Nobody puts Bridget in a bathroom <laughs> stall. If you enjoyed this show, there's a lot you can do. So let's start by telling you where to go for off the sidelines. So go to OTSChicago.org. It'll be really clear where to subscribe, and it is truly as simple as that. It's not invitation only. You can step in and start being part of the Off the Sideline Chicago movement right now. And if you want to listen to the show, you can go to our Facebook page, Big Payoff Radio. You can download us on iTunes. Just pull up, you know, Big Radio, Big Radio, Big, pay- <laughs> big, Suzanne. big Suzanne and Little Rachel. <laughs> um, just go to Big Payoff Radio with Rachel and Suzanne and up will pop an adorable picture of us. really adorable picture, Um, you'll see us and you can subscribe to the show there. You can follow us on Twitter, um, Big Payoff Radio. But most importantly from this show, we really do want you to go off the sidelines and join that conversation, OTSChicago.org. We will be back to the Big Payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne.
0: enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from rachel and suzanne you can follow them on twitter at big payoff radio like them on facebook at the big payoff our theme music comes from penthouse Suites. hear more at penthouse s-w-e-e-t-s.bandcamp.com download past episodes and subscribe to the big payoff at itunes and you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com.